It's the Heartland at Noon on 800 CHAB. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Heartland at Noon on 800 CHAB for Wednesday, October 13th. I'm Blaze Wozniak in for one vacationing Rob Carney, and I'm joined by a special guest, Haley Shirky. My very first time on the Heartland at Noon. I'm this so excited. Is, yep, this is huge. This is a big moment. Haley is learning the ropes. Learning how the Heartland at Noon works. So she's going to be joining me today. We've also got a whole bunch of interviews coming up. Beginning November 1st, all city employees and city contractors will have to show proof of vaccination or show negative COVID-19 test results to come to work. The vaccination policy was passed by city council last night, 5 to 1, with Councillor Kim Robinson opposed. Those that choose not to be vaccinated or not disclose their vaccination status will be subject to weekly COVID-19 testing and the city will pay for the tests for the employees. We'll hear some discussion around that from last night's city council coming up. Yet another fire in Moose Jaw last night. This time it was a garage and a power pole. There have been multiple fires over the past couple weeks in town, and we'll hear from public education officer with the fire department, Kathy Bassett, coming up. She'll share with us some fire safety tips and more. That's on the way. The Festival of Trees also held their big unveiling event yesterday, discussing details around this year's big event. The annual fundraiser features a fancy dinner, entertainment, and silent auctions, where they give away all sorts of... I shouldn't say give away, auction off all sorts of really fancy Christmas trees. We'll hear from the committee coming up, where they will unveil whether or not the event is going to be virtual or in person this year. And finally, we'll hear from Dr. Ashok Chetri, who I talked to about the importance of getting the flu shot this year. Appointments opened up to the general public yesterday. We'll hear from Chetri about why you should be getting yours. Local weather. There's uh, there's some ugly stuff on the way, Haley. There's going to be snow. There's going to be rain. It's already raining right now, actually. So that rain's going to be turning into snow. And then we have freezing temperatures coming tonight. It's going to make the road the roads all sorts of horrible your full weather forecast is coming up and in local sports the moose jaw warriors are back on the ice tonight taking on the prince albert raiders in the first game of a home and home series puck drop is set for seven and blaze last night marked the opening in the nhl how much of that did you watch Haley? did you watch any zero percent of it (laughs) you know what i'm a big nhl fan i didn't watch any either the teams just didn't really interest me we'll get to the sports though coming up but first it's time for Haley to read us the news you're listening to 800 chab moose jaw a golden west radio station Discover Moose Jaw News for Ivermain Place. Small town life is great when you're surrounded by people with big hearts. Contact today for senior living opportunities at Ivermain Place Central Butte. Environment Canada has issued a special weather statement for Moose Jaw and surrounding area. Up to 30 millimeters of rain is expected to fall Wednesday evening. However, the temperature is also expected to drop below zero, which will cause the rain to turn into snow. 5 to 10 centimeters of snow is expected overnight Wednesday or early Thursday. The mixture of rain, snow, and freezing temperatures will lead to road conditions being less than ideal. Visibility could be reduced at times, and heavier wet snow may impact tree branches and power lines. Your full weather forecast is coming up. At around 1.05 a.m., the Moose Jaw Fire Department and Moose Jaw Police Service were called to a power pole fire located on the 300 block of Main Street South. Police say there was significant smoke seen coming out of a garage where the fire had spread to. The cause of the fire remains under investigation, and there is approximately $50,000 in damage. No injuries are being reported. The ninth annual Pause for Pledges Radiothon in support of the Moose Jaw Humane Society is under a month away. The goal this year is to raise $85,000, which will all be going to the Humane Society to help with operational costs, including animal vaccinations and vet bills. Executive Director of the Humane Society, Dana Hawkins, says the Radiothon isn't just about raising money either. Certainly the financial part of it is very important to the shelter, but it's also those people who open up their hearts and homes to adopt a homeless animal or to foster a mama cat and kittens or orphaned kittens. Without that support as well, we couldn't do what we do every day. 
The Radiothon runs for 12 hours and starts at 6 a.m. on Friday, November 5th. To donate in advance, you can call the Humane Society or visit their website. She's been a part of the Moose Jaw Warriors organization as a billet and season ticket holder since 1992. But now Maggie Sinclair is making team history. Sinclair was elected to the Warriors Board of Directors, becoming the first female to serve on the board. She talked about making Warriors history. I'm, I'm honored, and, and then I'm also very appreciative of the fact that Chad and the board felt that I could add value to the table. And, you know, I think what it does, too, it, like, it opens the door. Sinclair currently works as the chief risk and compliance officer with Conexus and brings decades of experience in banking to the club. Saskatchewan Polytechnic is introducing a new three-year agriculture and food production diploma course at its Moose Jaw campus. The program will teach a wide range of skills from farm management to agricultural machinery to crop and livestock production. Jamie Hiltz, Dean of the School of Natural Resources and Built Environment. I think it's very fair and safe to say that uh, you know, agriculture is still is still one of the uh, major economic drivers within the province, and, and having a skilled uh, labor force is essential. Saskatchewan Polytechnic will begin delivering the program in September of 2022. Starting November 1st, all city employees will be required to show proof of vaccination or a negative COVID-19 test result. Vaccines will not be mandated for employees as the city will pay for the rapid tests. City manager Jim Pufalt said Moose Jaw isn't the only city in the province looking at vaccination policies for its employees. In fact, 13 of the 15 cities are putting together a similar type policy for council's consideration. Um, and some of them are, are working under the city manager bylaw. Uh, in my opinion, this was something I wanted to bring before council because there's pretty major impacts upon employees and contractors. On October 1st, proof of vaccination was made mandatory for all city public meetings and hearings. Two deaths were reported on Tuesday in relation to COVID-19. 271 new cases were also reported with 478 recoveries. The South Central Zone holds four of the new cases. Saskatoon has 81 and Regina has 35. Currently, there are 358 people in hospital. 268 of them are receiving inpatient care, while 80 are in the ICU. There are currently 4,450 cases active in the province. And now, the Golden West Radio Money Scope for Aaron Rustin of Purposed Financial bringing understanding and financial success to clients for over 35 years. The TSX is up 116 points. The Dow Jones is down 105 points. The NASDAQ is up 52 points. And the Canadian dollar is up at 80.39 cents U.S. And do you have a story to share? Click Submit News on discovermoosejaw.com. 92% of small and medium enterprises across the country are optimistic about post-pandemic long-term growth. A survey by auditing firm KPMG suggests that businesses feel they have the right strategies to overcome short-term hurdles and grow in the next three years. 85% are investing in new technology. The U.S. is set to announce today that fully vaccinated Canadians will be able to drive across the border starting early next month. But it's not clear if the U.S. will be rolling out the welcome mat for Canadians who received mixed COVID-19 vaccine doses. Travelers will be asked about their vaccination status as part of the standard U.S. customs process and will have their status verified in a secondary screening process at the officer's discretion. Callowit is under a local state of emergency this morning after tests turned up evidence of fuel chemicals in the tap water. It's not even safe to boil, but tap water can be used for bathing, showering and laundry. And the International Energy Agency is urging governments to make stronger commitments to cut greenhouse gas emissions at an upcoming UN climate summit in Scotland. The Paris-based 30-country organization is warning the world isn't on track to contain climate change and that new investment is needed to, quote, jolt the energy system onto a new set of rails. I'm Candace Dirksen. Now, Discover Moose Jaw Sports. Good afternoon. I'm Catherine Ludwig. 
The Moose Jaw Warriors play at home tonight against the Prince Albert Raiders. Puck drop is set for 7 at Mosaic Place, and there will be no COVID-19 pre-screening. Vaccinations will be checked at game time. The Moose Jaw AAA Warriors play at home as well this weekend, Friday night at 7 p.m. against the Tisdale Trojans. In NHL news, the Toronto Maple Leafs host the Montreal Canadiens in the first game of the evening. Later, the Winnipeg Jets travel to Anaheim to take on the Ducks, and the Edmonton Oilers host Vancouver. The odds seem stacked against the Pittsburgh Penguins last night, missing Sidney Crosby and other key players, and facing a Tampa Bay Lightning team that had just raised its banner from the second straight Stanley Cup championship. The Penguins went on to beat Tampa Bay 6-2 in the first NHL game of the season. The Central Cyclones will play at Guthridge Field on Saturday starting at 1 p.m. against Estevan. The Peacock Tornadoes will head to Yorkton. The game is set for 2 p.m. And remember, we'd like your scores and local sports stories. Fill us in by email at sports at discovermoosejaw.com. Now, your Discover Moose Jaw weather. She's raining outside right now. Wind becoming northwest. No, north, excuse me. 20 gusting to 40 this afternoon. High of plus 5. Tonight, this is where it gets ugly. Rain turning into snow this evening. About 2 centimeters. Wind northwest, 20 gusting to 40. Low of minus 1. Wind chill of minus 7. So things are going to get icy on the roads. Thursday, light snow turning into rain near noon. Wind northwest, 30 gusting to 50 with a high of 3. Friday, sunny, 13. Sunny for Saturday, high of 16. And Sunday, sunny, high of 22. Right now, Moose Jaw 2 degrees, Regina 4 degrees, Assiniboia Gravelberg 2 degrees, Rockland Cornac 2 degrees, Swift Current 3 degrees, Elbow 4 degrees, Davidson Watrous 5 degrees. Once again, Assiniboia 2 degrees, Regina 4 degrees, and the wind southeast at 11 kilometers an hour. The relative humidity is at 90% and it's 2 degrees in Moose Jaw. From World Weather Incorporated, here's 800 CHAB Agriculture Weather Specialist, Drew Lerner. For Young's Equipment, your Case IH dealer in southern Saskatchewan. Rain and snow are expected to overspread most of Saskatchewan, except the far west as we go forward through the day today, and it will persist tomorrow. I'm meteorologist Drew Lerner for the Golden West Radio Network. The precipitation has already been expanding across a fair amount of the region this morning and will continue as we go into the afternoon. We do expect everybody along and to the east of a line from Valmarie up towards the Blaine Lake area to be impacted by precipitation. Now, areas to the west we'll probably see a few spits and spats but mostly it'll be dry and we do expect the greatest amount of precipitation to occur as you get closer to the manitoba border and in particular as you get into the east central and southeastern parts of the province the moisture totals that are going to occur will run from 5 to 15 millimeters in general but there will be some 20 to 25 millimeter amounts in a few spots mostly in the southeast and possibly in one or two locations in in the interior parts of the northeast, maybe near the Quill Lakes area or, or perhaps near the Camsack area. In that general vicinity, we may see some pockets of locally greater amounts of moisture. You get out towards Lake Diefenbaker and the Swift Current area and on up to Saskatoon, I doubt seriously we'll see much more than five or six, maybe seven millimeters of moisture. So the precipitation tapers off the farther west you go. As far as snow accumulations is concerned, we are going to continue to have a warm soil, so much of the snow will melt as it falls, but its uh, falling rate will be great enough for a while that we will see some accumulations. We're looking for totals to run from 2 to 6 centimeters most often, and there may be a pocket or two where we could get upwards to 10 to 13 millimeters perhaps, but in those cases, the, the heavier snows will be extremely localized. And we do expect to see a lot of rain still occurring near the Manitoba border, so a lot of the snow will be in the interior eastern parts of the province. Now, as we go on out into the rest of our forecast period on Friday, we do expect the precipitation to more or less be gone. We'll see dry weather from Friday afternoon all the way through the weekend. Another low-pressure system pushes across the region early next week, but it doesn't look like it's going to have any moisture to work with, and so it'll come through as a dry event. Our temperatures will be stuck in the single digits today and tomorrow for the afternoon readings. There might even be one or two spots that 
stay below zero. We'll look for the temperatures, though, over the weekend, especially Saturday and Sunday, to work their way up into the teens in many areas across the region. And then we'll cool down again a little bit towards the early part of next week. Nighttime lows will be running mostly in the negative and positive single digits throughout the forecast period. For the Golden West Radio Network, I'm meteorologist Drew Lerner. Time now for your road report, brought to you by My Addictions Clothing Boutique in the Town and Country Mall. New fall fashions have just arrived, small to double XL. Looking at road closures, according to the City of Moose Jaw website. Caribou Street West, of course, cast iron replacement still happening there between the 7th and 9th. Intersections are open, however. Uh, cast iron replacement is also happening 9th to 10th Avenue Northwest on Caribou Street West. Uh, what else is happening? Cast iron replacement construction ongoing on Fairford Street East between 3rd and 5th Northeast. Uh, water service leak on Woodlily Drive between Flax and Calypso Drive. Construction on Cotto Street East between York and Lauren Avenue. And taking a quick look at gas prices, yeah, they're pretty expensive everywhere. 143.9 seems to be the average throughout Moose Jaw. However, there are a few stations a little bit lower. And that's your road report. And this is Paul Martin. There are significant gaps in the way economists are reading the tea leaves for this province's outlook. The latest to add its voice to the chorus is TD Canada Trust. The economics unit there is projecting growth of 3.4% for Saskatchewan this year. Now that's a far cry from the 6.8% forecast issued by the conference board and at the lower end of the range for the other banks. And it says the drought and COVID are a drag on us. The drought has reduced crop output down by more than 40% in their eyes, but says the bulk of the impact will not be seen until next year, so this year's problems center on the labor market. They say the fourth wave is hurting employment in a market that was already at the bottom end of the job creation charts, even though we were among the first to emerge from lockdown. But it's not all bad news. They note strength in potash, both in prices and in volume, while uranium prices have risen more than 50% in just a few months. That is a bellwether of better things to come. I'm Paul Martin. Moose Jaw, notoriously entertaining. Strike up some fun this weekend at the South Hill Bowling Center. Rock and Glow Bowling is back Friday and Saturday nights and Saturday afternoons. Knock down some pins with your friends and family. South Hill Bowling. Call 693-0955 to book your spot. We should get started on that trenching right away. Did you make a one call? I don't see any markings. I'm pretty sure I know where the pipeline is. Sorry, this is my farm and my family's safety, so pretty sure won't cut it. Let's get a locate, and then we can start. Safety is everyone's responsibility. The depth and location of a pipeline can vary, so any activity on a right-of-way can have serious consequences. Always contact the pipeline operator before crossing or excavating. Find your local one call at clickbeforeyoudig.com. A message from TC Energy. Hi folks, Tim from Young's Equipment, your genuine Case IH parts and service dealer. Harvest is moving fast, so let's plan for next year. Book winter inspections on Case IH combines, tractors, and sprayers. Pricing of these quality service packages is held from last year until January 31st. Book now to take advantage of 10% off all genuine Case IH parts installed with the inspection. Special trucking rates and Young's loyalty program. Slots are filling fast. Contact Young's Equipment to avoid disappointment. Check youngs.ca today. This is Aaron Rustin of Purpose Financial, where we've been bringing clarity, understanding, and success to our clients' personal financial plans for over 35 years. And you're listening to The Heartland at Noon on 800-CHAB. Welcome back to The Heartland at Noon. I'm Blaze Wozniak in with Haley Shirky. We're filling in for one vacationing Rob Carney. He'll be back next week, though. Starting November 1st, all city employees and city contractors will have to show proof of vaccination or show negative COVID-19 test results to come to work. The vaccination policy was passed by City Council 5-1 on Tuesday night with Councillor Kim Robinson opposed. Things got a little bit heated as well during the discussion between Councillor Looning, Eby and Robinson. I had a handful of businesses come to me as... Uh, a city councillor and and ask if if I could help them with deciphering some of the guidelines for those businesses so they knew what they needed to do when their clients and customers came to the door to have to show proof of vaccination and that sort of thing. We need to follow those guidelines as well. Whether whether you know some of us like it or not, in my opinion, and it and we just do. We have to follow the guidelines. We have to 
people have to show proof of vaccination or they have to provide us with a negative test. And for us to not do that as a city and as the municipality, to me, would look foolish as leaders for those businesses and other citizens that have to do it. Like, I'm sorry, but, you know, I, I'm, I'll be very frank here that I think that it, it's, it, we have to have some sort of policy that shadows the province, period. But it's just the way it is. Councillor Robinson. Thank you, Chair. I, I'm just wondering what uh, provincial uh, guidelines we should be following, as, as previously mentioned. Should we follow the uh, June 30th guideline from Scott Moe when he said, proof of vaccination will not be a requirement in the province of Saskatchewan? Or perhaps uh, Scott Livingston, the CEO of Sask Health, when he said that asking for proof of vaccination would be a violation of health Privacy Information Act. Should we follow those guidelines? Or perhaps Paul Merriman, Saskatchewan Health Minister, where just in August he said, I think we are infringing on people's personal rights if we are to mandate things like the vaccine. Is that the provincial ones that we should be following? Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Mayor Looney. Thank you, uh, Deputy Mayor Blanc. So, um, Obviously, the provinces, uh, the premier and the minister's minds were changed when the, uh, the uh, health issues continued to soar and we got, the, we got brand new guidelines that um, forfeit whatever they said prior to um, and here we are now following provincial guidelines all over the province. So I really don't understand, Councillor Robinson, what that even means at this point um, because all of the municipalities, not, I mean, the majority of municipalities are following the provincial guidelines and that is everything that is in these uh, policies that our administration has brought forward today. And um, so I, I don't even, I, I do not understand what that comment even meant. Councillor Robinson. Thank you, Chair. Well, I'll explain it. You, uh, Councillor or Acting Mayor Looning, I guess, you said yourself that things have changed. So now let's take this further down the road four months when then do we have to make a policy because four vaccinations are going to be what we need in the city? We've seen it in countries like Israel. They're now getting their fourth vaccination. Do we have to come up with a new policy then? I don't know. The goalposts keep changing. My, my point is not whether the vaccine, vaccines, the efficacy is poor, which we've all heard anecdotal stories about uh, myocarditis and other things. Uh, that's not even the issue to me. My issue is that we do not have the right to change an employee's conditions of employment by saying you have to get a vaccination. That Hopefully that explains it. Councillor Eby. Well, thanks. Just, just to be sure everyone heard this, you know, a few times previously, we are not saying employees have to be vaccinated. We are saying they need to give us proof of vaccination if they have been, and if they're not, we will pay with taxpayer money for them to have a test and bring the negative test to City Hall, and if they have COVID, they are not going to come to work. We are not saying they have to be vaccinated. Thank you. Deputy Mayor Looney. Thank you, um, uh, Councillor Blanc. Well, Councillor Eby just said exactly what I was going to say, is that somebody is not hearing what we've said all along here tonight, is that the city is not mandating that anybody needs to be vaccinated, period. On October 1st, the city put a proof of vaccination policy in place for members of the public that want to attend public meetings, including city council and hearings. We're going to switch gears a little bit here and talk about fire safety. There have been a number of fires in the friendly city the last few weeks, from garages to houses and even campers. Discover Moose Jaw's Catherine Ludwig spoke with the Moose Jaw Fire Department's public education officer, Kathy Bassett about fire safety and how you can avoid putting yourself and your home in a dangerous situation. So basically what we're trying to get people to uh, get used to is 
for instance, a smoke alarm is like three loud beeps most. Some some are a little bit different. Uh, I know I have some at home that are three loud beeps and then it goes fire, fire, fire. So there are, you know, different variations out there, but basically it's three loud beeps. And um, carbon monoxide alarms, though, are four loud beeps. So we're just trying to get people to get to know their alarms and what you should do as soon as you hear that. What should people do when they hear the fire alarm going off? Um, everyone... Uh, once you hear your fire alarm, I'm hoping that you have an escape plan because escape plans uh, get better and better with practice. Um, even if you know your home really well, if there's a fire in your home in the middle of the night, it's dark, there's it's smoke filled, it's always a little bit trickier trying to get out of your home. Um, you have to have two ways out, of course, of, out of every room. So that could be a window and a door. Um then you, if you're going through smoke, you have to, of course, crawl under the smoke uh, so that you can breathe better because you breathe in any of that heavy, dark smoke. Uh, it's usually full of chemicals from whatever it has burned. It could be a couch. It could be furniture. It could be carpets. It could be anything. So that usually releases a, a chemical and, and it's very toxic. Uh, so stay under the smoke and, and get outside very quickly. Uh, go to a meeting place, always have a meeting place in front of your house established for everyone. Um, you know, I hate to say it, but there's a lot of times where people have actually died or have been injured because they went back in to find someone who was already outside, but in a different place. So always have your meeting place established. And even for people that are visiting, have, have them go through the escape plan of your home so that they know their way out. Um, that's really, really important. That goes hand in hand with having the working smoke alarm. Okay, and where should people have these fire alarm detectors and these carbon monoxide detectors in their house? Where should they keep them? Um, well, uh, you have to have one on every level of your home. So basement, main floor, upstairs, wherever. Um, but you basically... Uh, it's really important to have them outside your sleeping area, and some people are actually putting them inside their bedrooms now too. Um, so um, to me, the more the merrier, but always install them uh, as per the manufacturer's uh, instructions. So when you buy a smoke alarm or you buy a CO alarm, or sometimes you can buy a combination of CO and smoke alarm, Always read the manufacturer instructions on insulation so that you put them in the right spot. And how often should the detectors be changed out or checked? Okay, well, uh, smoke alarms usually, um, after the, they've been in service for 10 years, you have to replace them because they're an electrical um, device. And electrical devices obviously will break down eventually. And uh, so we recommend that you replace them after 10 years. Um, usually CO alarms, we like to get them replaced every eight years. Um, but also you should be uh, checking your smoke alarm and your CO alarm once a month to make sure that they're working because only working smoke alarms and working CO alarms save lives. So, so you could make it a, make it a fun uh, smoke Alarm Saturday makes the first Saturday of every month at, uh, Smoke Alarm Day. And you can test your batteries. You can um, vacuum it. Yes, vacuum it because smoke alarms do get dirty. They, uh, they're an electrical device and they attract dust and dirt. And so keep them clean because they work so much better. It may still work, but it might not work as well as it should if it's not clean. Test them once a month. Uh, change your battery once a year. So I like to tell families, pick somebody in your family's birthday and change them every year on that birthday. Well, that's a great idea. I think so. Because <laughs> you know what? Who's, a, who's the most important in your in your life? Your family, your children, uh, your spouse, um, whoever, right? So pick one person and use that birthday. Okay. And where can people go to learn more? about this? Uh, you can go to learn more on um, online. You can go and to uh, um, the NFPA 
National Fire Protection Association, so uh, www.nfpa.com. You can go there. Uh, They have a lot of good information. Um, The province has some information on on, um, fire safety. Um, you know, if you if you just want to check uh, for Fire Prevention Week, it would be probably would be the best place would be NFPA. And I like to say that that fire prevention is an all year thing. Um, you should be looking for for hazards in your home all year round and doing something about it. Uh, that could be an electrical cord that is is you know, frayed or whatever, and you should replace it. Or um, smoke alarms, like I said, replace those every 10 years. Test them once a month. There is one thing I would like to uh, speak about, too, is um, the hearing impaired have sometimes, um, obviously, they don't hear the sounds. So there are things that that can be purchased. Um, I've actually looked this up on Amazon and and places, but... um, there is alarms that are attached to strobe lights so that they could, you know, if the flashing light would, would wake them up. And there's also ones that actually shake the bed. So those are good things for, for people that are, are hearing impaired as well because they actually can't hear the sounds, right? Right, and that is great information for the public to have. Um, is there anything else that you would like to add on the topic? Um, I just want everybody to be really mindful of, of making sure that their smoke alarms work because, like I said before, working smoke alarms do save lives, and if they're not working, they can't uh, tell us that there's a problem in our home. Early detection is, is key to a person's um, survival, and, um, you know, if, if you don't have that early detection uh, how are you going to start getting out of the house, right? So you have to have early detection. So make sure that you have your alarms working. One other thing is uh, keep an eye on what you fry, right? Uh, make sure that you stay in the kitchen while you're cooking. It's very important. Um, cooking is number one cause of home fires and home fire injuries. Um, cooking on hot food or drinks are the number one cause of burns in children under five. So Keep it, you know, look while you cook. That's that's my uh, really recommendation for anybody out in the kitchen. Remember that you can call 911. Uh, when in doubt, get out. So uh, if you, you know, if you feel that uh, if there is um, uh, a fire in a pot, for example, on your stove and um, you should have the proper fitted lid for that pot, handy if not maybe even a a pizza pizza pan or a sheet like cookie sheet or something so if it does catch on fire then you can slide that over shut off the heat and not open up the lid uh, until the fire's out that's that's good sound advice Um, but uh, do not try to you know don't try to put the fire out yourself if it's too big or in more than one place Um, just get out and call 911 and Never go back in the house uh, for anything. Thank you, Catherine Ludwig, for that. And Kathy Bassett for all the great information, as always. Time for us to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're talking festivals and flu shots. That's next on the Heartland at Noon on 800 CHAB. Whether it's a scrimmage with friends, the game-winning goal, or a personal best... Sports, activity, exercise, it feels great. But sometimes we overdo it and need help to get back in the game, back on the ice, and back to active. The Moose Jaw Co-op Pharmacy at Hillcrest has the supports and bracing you need to do just that. For home health and active living solutions, see the Moose Jaw Co-op Pharmacy at Hillcrest, corner of Main and Thatcher. The Moose Jaw Co-op. Be part of something bigger. You're listening to 800 CHAB along with us at LBBD Auto Body. Hi, I'm Terry, and we are proud to say that we now have the highest level of accreditation for safe and quality collision repair in town. Attention cattle producers at Manicota Stockman's Way Company this Friday, October 15th at 12 noon is the Canadian Ranchers endorsed Angus Castle. Watch this sale on dvauction.com. 
2025 head went through our ring last week. The call cow and bull market is down. Good steer cows are selling into a good market. Heifers are back some. Angus cows slightly at Manicota Stockman. Thank you for making us your market of choice. Call 478-2229. Discover Moostraw weather for Prairie Heart Mobility. Make life easier with quality mobility products. Discover your options at prairieheartmobility.com. There is a weather advisory out for the Moostraw area calling for freezing temperatures with snow and rain. Today is cloudy rain this afternoon. Wind coming from the north at 20 kilometers per hour, gusting up to 40 this afternoon and a high of plus 5. Tonight, there's rain up to 30 millimeters, which will change into snow this evening. We should see about 2 to 5 centimeters. Wind coming from the northwest at 20 kilometers per hour, gusting up to 40 and a low of minus 1. Wind chills minus 7 for overnight. Thursday, light snow changing to periods of rain near noon. Wind coming from the northwest at 30 kilometers per hour, gusting up to 50 and a high of plus 3. Tomorrow night, clearing with a low of minus 3. Friday, sunny with a high of 13. Saturday, sunny with a high of 16. Sunday, also sunny with a high of 22. A power outage is expected for tomorrow due to a system maintenance. It will affect people west of 24th Avenue and people south of Warner Street between 9th Avenue and 12th Avenue. The outage will take place between 9 a.m. and 1 p.m. For complete online weather anytime, click on discovermoosejaw.com or the Moose Jaw Live app. I'm Katherine Ludwig. This is Greg Marsnick from Heritage Insurance, and you're listening to The Heartland at Noon on 800 CHAB. Welcome back to the show. I'm Blaze Wozniak with special guest and co-host Haley Shirky. The Festival of Trees Committee held their big unveiling yesterday, giving details about this year's upcoming fundraiser. Here's what they had to say. Uh, before we begin, I would like to acknowledge a few special guests here today, uh, members of the Moose Jaw Health Foundation and members of the Festival of Trees team. I would also like to thank the Moose Jaw Cultural Centre for inviting us today uh, to make this announcement. Festival is a holiday event of the year in Moose Jaw, where the business community and volunteers come together to help the Moose Jaw Health Foundation raise funds for new state-of-the-art medical equipment to save lives in our hospital. There's no event quite like Festival of Trees, and over the last 25 years, this event has raised over $4.6 million. Last year, Festival of Trees, with the help of its creative volunteers, was reimagined and transitioned to an online virtual event. It was an outstanding success. I would like to thank the members of the business community and Festival of Longstanding Supporters for making this year's festival so successful in a time of great uncertainty. As we move through 2021, it continues to be a year of transition and change for everyone. The COVID-19 Delta variant has changed everything. Everyone continues to have their daily lives interrupted due to COVID-19, and earlier in the year, the Festival of Trees Committee began planning for a significant live event. However, as the summer months progressed, and most recently the beginning of the fall, it became abundantly clear that the live event cannot take place. The safety of our donors, festival guests, and volunteers is our number one priority. Despite the Delta variant, the work of the foundation never stops, virus or not. We continuously adapt to the environment around us and the reality of what we can and cannot do during this uncertain time. All funds raised from the festival this year will support healthcare workers who are on the front lines of the pandemic. Innovative new equipment will help train new and existing nurses, doctors, and other health care professionals with state-of-the-art SIM dolls to deliver the best care to patients. In addition, funds will also support home care services to help those individuals receive the care they need from nurses and the comfort of their homes. The Festival of Trees Committee this year is led by the talented Holly Dorstad. Holly has been a part of festival for many years and we are so thankful for her giving spirit. So many Moose Jaw businesses and long-standing supporters have reached out and offered their heartfelt assistance, which is always greatly appreciated. I would now like to ask Holly to say a few words. Good morning, everyone. As the chair of Festival Trees, I am happy to finally tell everyone about this year's special Festival Trees. This year, Festival turns 30, and I'm honored to chair this incredible event with an incredibly talented volunteer team. Festival is unique and, for the last 30 years, has had a special place in the hearts of Moose Last year, the Festival Committee reimagined Festival 
to an online event infused with new energy to create something that the community has never seen before. Community rallied to support our health care workers, our community champions. We are generally thankful for the overwhelming support received for the Foundation's first online event. So many businesses sponsor trees, live auctions, and silent auction items. Local businesses donated auction items for swag bags. Local restaurants created signature festival meals. And well-known artists in Moose Jaw created amazing works of art. It indeed was a homegrown event like never before. And this year is only, fit, only fitting that this year's theme was a homegrown Christmas. We are truly thankful for the support. This year with the Delta variant, festival will once again be virtual. We want everyone to be safe for Christmas. This year, Festival Trees will create an even more magical holidays event. Festival Trees kicks off the holiday season in the Friendly City online on Saturday, December 4th at 7 p.m. Festival Trees Homegrown Christmas. In support of health care at the Dr. F.H. Wigmore Regional Hospital, party with your closest friends in the comfort of your home to help our brave health care workers. While Festival Trees is virtual, the spirit and the fun of Festival will stay the same. Festival features an online live auction, a silent, signature silent auction, and the best of Moose Jaw design to create a magical holiday event. Here are a few of the highlights for this year's virtual 30th anniversary Festival Trees. Starting in late November, everyone in the community will have an opportunity to view the spectacular trees right here in the lobby of the Moose Jaw Culture Center. The Moose Jaw Culture Center has been a fantastic supporter of the foundation. We would not be able to show everyone in the community these beautiful trees donated by the generous Moose Jaw business community without their help. Thank you so much. The foundation encourages schools, senior facilities, to visit the Culture Center to view the trees and get that homegrown feeling. Festival Trees Auction will be streamed on Saturday, December 4th at 7 p.m. through our partners on the DLMS Auction Services site. There is no cost to watch the auction, but you have to sign up in advance if you want to bid. Sign-ups will begin in November. We will update the community with registration begins on social media, local radio, and paper. You can pre preview the digital auction catalog on the Foundation website featuring all the fantastic tree displays, live auction items, the signature silent auctions starting mid-November. The online auction is where you will be able to chat, bid, and challenge your friends during the interactive auction pro produced by DLMS Auction Services. We are so thankful to families and businesses that sponsor or donate items to the festival. This year, they can have their participation highlighted during the online auction and interactive social media. The foundation wants to showcase the best of Moose Jaw businesses, are encouraged to decorate their storefronts in the support of festival. Live auction items that are donated or will be recognized on social media with the help of all factor media. So many businesses and individuals created items especially for the festival. Thank you to everyone who, for, beginning, for being so generous. Dynamic virtual affordable sponsorship are available to businesses and individuals. The sponsorship benefits include exclusive festival swag to help get that party started. Don't hesitate to get in touch with the foundation for details. An exclusive festival meal delivered to your home will delight both you and your guests. This festival meal is an optional purchase. Details will follow shortly. Thank you to the Festival Trees Volunteer Committee for meeting the challenges of 2021 with certainty and flair and creativity. A world-class online event right here in Moose Jaw. With every dollar raised, staying here to help our friends and family, to support our frontline community champions as they deliver care during this trying time at Dr. F.H. Wigmore Regional Hospital. 
I know the energy and momentum created today will inspire the community to support festival our health care champions. How much Moose Jaw cares. Now switching directions just a little bit, for the first time ever, the Saskatchewan Health Authority is going to be providing an online option for booking your flu shot. You can book your flu shot through www4, that's the number 4, 4flu.ca. Flu shots can also be booked by calling 1-833-SASK-VAX. And to discuss the importance of the flu shot this year, I spoke with Dr. Ashok Chetri. Last year, we did see a decrease in flu transmission. Um, why is that? Okay, no, that's a very good point. You know, uh, last year, the number of influenza activity in Canada was very low. It's not only here. But to give you a perspective in terms of number, you know, so the public health agency of Canada recorded 69, only 69 influenza cases in last flu season. Normally, uh, we would see around 50 or 50, 52,000 in a year. So uh, in Saskatchewan, you know, we have not detected any, although we have had been testing for flu along with COVID during the last flu season. Some of the reason could be that, that, that we had a number of public health measures in place, less mobility of the population, very few travel, international travel restriction, and so on, you know. So what does this mean for us this fall? Is that you know, this year, although there are some public health measures in place throughout Canada, but 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 not same as we had last year. Thus, the closest projection I can get is that I think we are going to see more flu cases than we saw last year. As such, you know, it is very important to get a flu shot to protect yourself and those around you from the influenza virus, especially during a pandemic when the novel coronavirus and its variant, which is Delta variant, are circulating at the same time. The influenza vaccine and the COVID-19 are different vaccine, different thing. You know, vaccine for the flu virus does not protect against COVID-19, and same for COVID-19 vaccine does not protect against influenza or flu viruses. Okay, yeah, absolutely. And so since there was less um, transmission last year, would you say that it is still necessary to get your flu shot this year? Yes, you know, because of the reason I said, you know, it is very important to get the flu shot uh, uh, to protect yourself and those around you from influenza virus, especially during this time when we have a high level of Delta surge. And, you know, so the same reason I said that, you know, because we had a number of public health measures in the past, uh, last season, we didn't see the cases. But what what we are going to see this, this, this time around, my prediction is that, you know, we don't have that level of public health measures going on around. So, and with a high high level of Delta surge now in the province and high level of ICU admission, high level of COVID, uh, if you do get influenza viruses as well, and then if you are in the group, those group who are who may tend to be severely ill or ended up in ICU, then we might be fighting for the same resources, which is, you know, ICU surge and your ventilators, you know, as such, you know, it has always been important to get a flu shot, but this year is even more important because the high level of death surging and hospitalization is very high at this moment. So we don't want two things going at the same time and overwhelming the healthcare system. Yeah, that's a really good point to bring up, I think. Now is not the time to be in hospital, I guess, just because of the amount of people that are in ICU right now. That's correct. My next question is, is it safe to get both your flu shot and your COVID vaccine in a short amount of time? Yes, you know, to answer the question straight, you know, yes, it is safe. So all Health Canada approved COVID-19 vaccine can be given at the same time as other vaccines. You know, no intervals are required before or after COVID-19 vaccine administration. So no additional safety risks, immunogenicity or adverse even following immunization have been identified by simultaneously administration of those vaccines, you know. Additionally, you know, so research from the UK is also suggesting the two vaccines can be given at the same time safely. 
as we are learning so much uh, day by day, you know, so we started off with uh, saying, you know, hey, we probably need to spacing some time there because we don't know yet. But now that we know that it is safe to do so. Yeah, for sure. That's a really good point to bring up. And so for people who maybe have not gotten their flu shot before or maybe are scared to get their flu shot, what would you say to them? So first of all, you know, anyone six months and older can receive the flu vaccine. You know, children aged six months to five years must be given at the public health clinic or the physician office or nurse practitioner office, you know. So flu immunization is especially important for, for people at high risk of influenza complication. For example, pregnant women, young children, elderly person, and anyone with underlying health condition and their caregivers, you know. So, so seniors often have chronic health conditions like heart or lung disease or diabetics and weaker immune system, which makes them particularly vulnerable to complications from, uh, from influenza, you know. So that's why it is very important uh, to get a flu shot. Perfect. And so besides the flu shot, um, what are some other ways that you can avoid the flu this season? Yeah, absolutely. So, so... Again, to start off, you know, the best way to protect yourself and those you love is through vaccination, you know, covering your, and also covering your cough, regular hand washing and staying home if you are sick. Get your shot early for earlier protection, you know, and then, and then if you have symptoms that might be something contagious, COVID or not, you know, please don't mingle with others. Don't go to work, don't go to school, find a way to stay home, you know, so that's how we, we, we will protect yourself and each other in the community and, and in, in, in our province. All right, perfect, Dr. Chetri. Um, that was all the questions that I have. Is there anything else that you would like to add that I might have missed? I just want to recap. So, you know, finally, it is always a good idea to receive influenza vaccination, but it is particularly important in the midst of COVID-19 surge in our province. And then, you know, so you can get your flu uh, shot from today, actually. You know, you can uh, go to your pharmacies, you can go to your physician, some of the physician office do offer, some of the nurse practitioner offices do offer that. And, and, then, you, and then you can also go to online and then uh, book your uh, flu shots, you know, that is for forflu.ca, which is a website that that we have been using for the booking. And then we, if you don't want to do all those internet thing, and then as such, then you can call the one eight three three sax vax. You know, again one eight three three seven two seven five eight two nine. Then the, then you can book your uh, vaccination to your earliest site and earliest uh, available possible appointments. Thanks. Just a reminder, if you want to book your flu shot online, that's www.flu.ca. Or you can call 1-833-SASK-VAX. Thank you, Haley, for that. And Dr. Shetri, we're now going to take a break. But before we do, oh boy, look at this. Tracy Moody just brought us in a pair of Moose Jaw Warriors tickets for tonight's game. If you want to go to the game tonight, they're, of course, playing the Prince Albert Raiders at Mosaic Place. Puck drop is 7 o'clock. If you want a pair of tickets, you're going to have to answer this trivia question. Haley? Who is leading the Moose Jaw Warriors in points this season with four assists? Yes, we know that we're only three games into the season, but after three games, who is leading the team with or in points, and he just so happens to have four assists. If you think you know the answer, give us a call, 693-8000-693-8000, and you could have yourself a pair of Warriors tickets. 800 CHAB, connecting the community. Church of Our Lady will be hosting a drive through fall supper on Sunday, October 31st, from 4 until 5, with food prepared and individually packaged by Charlotte's Catering. Your meals will be delivered packaged to your vehicle, and advanced prepaid tickets will be sold for only $20 a meal. Cash, check, or e-transfer will be accepted. Meals will consist of roast turkey and dressing, four salads, vegetable, bun, and cheesecake for dessert. If you want to take part, you're asked to contact Church of Our Lady. That again is a drive through fall supper at Church of Our Lady, Sunday, October 31st, from 4 until 5. Connecting the community. Brought to you by Moose Jaw Truck Shop, your number one diesel truck repair experts. Visit Moose Jaw Truck Shop on Facebook for more information. Beachcomber Hot Tubs, 270 Caribou Street West in Moose Jaw. And Community Service Radio, 800 CHAB. 
We should get started on that trenching right away. Did you make a one call? I don't see any markings. I'm pretty sure I know where the pipeline is. Sorry, this is my farm and my family's safety. So pretty sure won't cut it. Let's get a locate, and then we can start. Safety is everyone's responsibility. The depth and location of a pipeline can vary, so any activity on a right-of-way can have serious consequences. Always contact the pipeline operator before crossing or excavating. Find your local one call at clickbeforeyoudig.com. A message from TC Energy. This is Aaron Rustin of Purpose Financial, where we've been bringing clarity, understanding, and success to our clients' personal financial plans for over 35 years. And you're listening to The Heartland at Noon on 800-CHAB. Welcome back. Thanks for tuning in. Jumping in quick, because apparently our Warriors question, Haley, was a little bit too tough. No one has called in yet with the answer. We have a pair of tickets to give away to tonight's game against the Prince Albert Raiders, and we asked who's leading the Moose Jaw Warriors in points after only three games, but still, uh, the answer, Ryder Korzak. Come on, Warriors fans, you missed out. So, we still have a pair of tickets. Let's just give them away, Haley. I think that's the best way to do it. If you want a pair of Warriors tickets, just give us a call. 693-8000, that's the easiest way to do it. 693 693- 8,000. Tonight's Lotto 649 draw is an estimated $6 million plus the guaranteed $1 million prize. $6 million. Get that Lotto 649 feeling. Attention malt barley growers. Prairie Malt and Bigger is offering competitive bids on 2021 Copeland, Metcalf, Synergy, Connect, Fraser, and Bow Barley varieties. And they also require soft white wheat, so send them samples today. Aggressive bids and nearby movement is available for malt barley and soft white wheat into Bigger, Saskatchewan. Contact Prairie Malt today for details and pricing. 1-306-948-3500. 1-306-948-3500. Call today. As schools and businesses reopen, many of the government support programs are coming to an end. This may also mean the return of debt troubles. I'm Donna Carson, a licensed insolvency trustee with MNP, and I'm here to help you find options to get you out of debt once and for all. Visit us online at mnpdebt.ca or call us today at 310-DEBT. That's 310-3328 for more information. Call us on the phone or see us on the net. The organization of Saskatchewan Arts Councils, OSAC, is excited to be bringing the arts back to your community. This fall, their member arts councils, the Cinnaboy Arts Council, and the Moose Jaw Cultural Center will be presenting concerts and look forward to welcoming you back. Please visit osac.ca for artists, dates, and ticket information. While you are there, be sure to check out the OSAC Online 5050 with a draw on December 17th. OSAC, over 50 years of bringing the arts to you. This is Greg Marsnick from Heritage Insurance, and you're listening to The Heartland at Noon on 800 CHAB. Welcome back to the show. I'm Blaze Wozniak with special guest co-host Haley Shirky, who was on The Heartland at Noon for the first time ever. Haley, how was it? It was pretty fun. Yeah, see, it's it's pretty interesting. There's lots going on in the control room. As a listener, it may not be, uh, or it would be tough to tell exactly how much is happening, but there's lots of button clicking, all sorts of different things going on, mainly just button clicking. Uh, congratulations, by the way, to Marshall. He was the one who called in and got himself a pair of Warriors tickets for tonight's game. They are, of course, taking on the Prince Albert Raiders tonight at 7. There is no pre-screening for vaccination or... Um, uh, negative COVID test today either. They've been doing that for the first few home games. They're not doing that tonight. So make sure you show up just a little bit early tonight with your proof of vaccination or a negative COVID test to get in. Uh, and a reminder that you can always listen to all of the Moose Jaw Warriors games on our sister station, Country 100, 100.7 FM. Voice of the Warriors, James Gallo, will have the pregame show starting at 6.40. Puck drop is set for 7 o'clock. That does it. That's it for Haley and I. Haley, say bye. Bye, everyone. Yeah. (laughs) We'll be back tomorrow at noon for the next edition of The Heartland at Noon. And, of course, it's time to end things with your daily dose of Rob Carney. It's the best of Carney's comments on 800-CHAB. Time now for the best of Carney's comments. I put out the call this morning, opening up the Moose Jaw RV and Marine text line to song requests at 693 
It made me think of my first job in radio back in 1985. I worked at a country music station, reporting and reading the afternoon news and weather. I'd hang around the station at nighttime. The evening disc jockey was a good guy to sit in with and learn from. The radio station signed off at midnight every night with an instrumental rendition of O Canada. And most nights, right around 11.55, this old guy would call the station to request a song. Sure, what song would you like to hear, my friend would ask. Anything from McDonough, the guy would say. At first, the disc jockey tried to explain that we only played country music, but that didn't seem to So eventually, my friend would just say, Okay, no problem, we'll get that on for you. Of course, we never did, and he just kept calling, seemingly happy that a song from McDonough was going to come on the radio. I can't make this stuff up. I'm Rob Kearney.